Hi, I'm Jenny Friedman. And I'm Brett Thornhill. And this is Technicolor Mindset. Hey, Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Jenny. How are you? I'm great, and welcome to everyone listening. Absolutely. Good to have you here with us. And we actually teased what we we're going to talk about in our last episode, right? We absolutely did. <laughs> and I feel sort of silly because I was like, I know a whole bunch about disruption. <laughs> And to tell you the truth, I'm sort of like, hmm, what were we going to talk about? I think I have it, though. Okay, so we're going to talk about disruption and the, the role that disruption can play, sometimes accidentally and sometimes purposefully as a strategy, particularly for ADHD, but really is applicable to anybody in their life that can use disruption. It causes a pause. I mean, one of the things about ADHD is that we don't pause. We don't stop to think about what we're thinking about. So we talk a lot about metacognition. We talked about that in previous episodes, talked about mindfulness, thinking about what you're thinking about. And disruption yeah. is the catalyst that leads you to metacognition, which is really crucially important, I think, for anyone, really, but particularly for someone who has ADHD. So let's talk a little bit about some examples of what disruption is, how it works, and then how we can apply it. Okay. So I got this from someone in business coaching, Whitney Johnson. She has a podcast and a book, and she had a class that I was taking to get continuing education units in coaching, you know, so uh, it's all called disrupt yourself. So you guys could look that up if you want um, at another time. And she actually has a diagnostic that you can take for free on her website to show you where you are in your disruption S curve, which yeah. she'll explain on the site there. But basically I mean, fun, funny enough, you and I, when we were noodling for names for the podcast and, and that sort of thing, we actually talked about, disruption being part of the name and we talked about that whole concept of you know disrupting yourself and causing disruption and interrupting your life and moving in a different direction that kind of thing we did well we have a class coming up with that name in it yeah so it's stay tuned yeah. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> go ahead sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you that's okay it's uh it's something that when you think of disruption i think a lot of people think that that's a bad thing oh no i don't want to be disrupted you know, I, I, I come from a marketing background where disruption is necessary. Like disruption makes for good marketing. If you can disrupt somebody's thinking, if you can disrupt their patterns, because everybody goes along with their life and it's just today's Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday, the next day's Thursday, ho-hum. And then you bring in something that's really disruptive. And in marketing, that can be gold. Because it catches your attention? Yeah. Because yeah. it catches your attention and it sends you thinking in a different direction. So disruptive thinking, disruptive messaging this is so applicable to ADHD because I think that instead of embracing our ability to disrupt, most of us tend to try to suppress our ability to disrupt because we think that disruption is a bad thing. Exactly. We can look at companies and sort of grasp the concept of initially you're underestimated because you're entering into the marketplace on a low, unintimidating kind of way. Like for example, Uber right? Cab drivers were like, pff, pff, yeah, okay. So some guy in his civic is going to go pick somebody up. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's nobody, exactly, yeah. nobody thought anything of that. Right. right. And lo and behold, they not only came into the marketplace, they have since taken over yeah. and it's become the dark horse, you know, or something in a race. Like who saw that? Right. Yeah, right. But it disrupted what was going on and the way people were getting from one place to another. Traditionally, they would use a cab. Now they get on their app and use Uber. Well, another example was Airbnb. 
you know, here you are in the hospitality industry, people were just going online and maybe there was like new ways to book hotel rooms, but it was all about booking hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. Even the new apps that came out were still like, oh, we have cheaper hotel rooms or we look at more hotels and we get discounted prices. Now all of a sudden, Airbnb is like, no, you can go stay in someone's home. Right. It's actually a redefinition of the category, right? Well, in those two examples, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's category expansion yeah. in a way, but it's like doing things differently. So they're disrupting the marketplace. They're right. doing the same thing, but differently. Right. So think of Apple. When Apple came along and IBM and Hewlett Packard and all these huge computer companies, Apple came along and started talking about the PC and that was a market disruption. It's like, what do you mean? Anyone can own a computer? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, how's that? How would, I, how would I use it? Like, I'm not a business, so why would I need a computer? So they redefined that whole marketplace, that whole category, um, that whole consumer demand. I mean, and then they continued it on with the iPod and then they went into the iPhone. And Now they dominate. Right, exactly. I mean, before the iPhone, you know, they, they changed things to smartphones. So I think we understand, yeah, disruption and how disruption can lead to change. And that's what really we're all about here is change, mindset right. change, that sort of thing. So. And influencing the marketplace seems obvious. So now we want to talk about how can we influence our own lives with yeah. this concept of disruption. So if you figure that it's still just you, so you're not going to become totally different. But I know in my own life, I've done, uh, and you too, Brett, you've done a career change. And yeah. that's a disruption. Huge, yeah. You know, it was one way I was earning money was through retail. Um, I used to work as a buyer for department stores and I built lots of relationships in the marketplace. And then I went into discounting uh, with a chain who also was sort of a disruptor of themselves because now they weren't, they were competing against big box discounters who would buy volume and get the discount because they're buying volume. Now this little guy comes and goes, no, I only have 12 stores and I just want a little bit. And I even took that further by leaving his operation and going out on my own and being like, I just have one store and I want the same discount that you're giving to the big box discounters. And it's, I even want better than that. I want the discount that you're planning to give your full price people. And because of the relationships I have with people, I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then not that it got boring or anything, but the economy changed. So I needed a disruption. <laughs> I needed yeah. I needed to do something different. And so I jumped into coaching. I went back to school, got a degree, went to ADCA, then go to Chad, met you. Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's ways that you build up in this new way of me still earning money, but I'm doing something completely different. And it's challenging me and it's fun and it's exciting and it's opening up all kinds of doors. And so that's what disrupt, if I had just chosen to stay, in retail. I don't know where I would be today, but I guarantee I wouldn't be as happy. Absolutely. I mean, you can talk about this in a whole lot of different ways. You can use the term disruption. You can talk about breaking out of the status quo, breaking out of your comfort zone. But at the end of the day, really what we're talking about is that in order to really create change in the way you do things or the results that you get, you really have to change the way that you think about something, the way that you position it in your mind. You have to disrupt your thinking that allows us then to be able to go off in a different direction. It's work and it's sometimes tough and you don't always know what's going to come and you can't be a hundred percent confident because maybe the disruptive idea at the outset doesn't look quite as great as the status quo. The status quo is like, it's safe, it's certain. And you know how people with ADHD love certainty, right? Well, also at one point the status quo was your goal. 
So Brett, why don't you give us an example of disruption in your career? Oh, wow. Well, I, I used to call disruption insanity. No, I mean, I, I had a 20-year marketing career and was moderately happy for some of it, very happy for some of it, but definitely got to the point where, I don't know, everything from my priorities changed, my values changed. Um, think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You get older and as you get older, you start to look more and more towards self-actualization and you look for different rewards and that sort of thing. So that combined with circumstances led me to completely throwing my life up in the air and saying, okay, I know I have a 20 year career in marketing, but I was just diagnosed with this condition, ADHD. The more I read about it, the more I realized, Hey, I'm learning a lot about this. How can I use this? How can I use this? Now? And my change, that was such a disruptor in my life. My diagnosis was such a disruptor in my life and a positive disruptor for me, but I knew it wasn't a positive disruptor for a lot of other people. And I kind of started to think, okay, how can I change people's viewpoint on that? How can I help people see this as a positive thing? Yes, it's a disruptor. There's no doubt about it. And yes, there are steps you have to go through, but you can come out shining on the other end if you embrace it and if you see the disruption as a positive thing rather than a negative thing. And it so can be. You can see disruption working in, I mean, you gave the example of Airbnb, Uber, all that stuff. Disruption works in marketing. Sometimes when you make things too easy for somebody, they're not interested in buying it. If you add a level of disruption, I've told the Duncan Hines story here, right? Um, no, I'm, tell it. No, no, no. Duncan, oh, okay. I, I don't I think so. Okay. I thought I had in a previous episode. But anyway, so when instant cake mixes were first developed, right? And I don't know when that was, maybe in the 60s or whatever. <laughs> so housewives would go to the grocery store and they'd see this box and it was an instant chocolate cake mix. All you got to do is add water. That's it. You add water, you mix, you put it in the oven. Kids and hubby comes home to a beautiful chocolate cake. Well, what could be easier, thought the marketers in the boardroom. This is going to be great. This is going to free up all kinds of time for the housewife. What they didn't count on was your average housewife would go to the grocery store, would feel so guilty about just adding water to a mix in order to make a cake. This was that, a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does. It goes back a long time ago. That it doesn't, but it's such a great example that they weren't interested. The convenience wasn't enough for them. It's like, no, that makes me feel guilty. I'm not doing enough. There's no value in that, right? That's so, why I said this is a long time ago because women don't feel that way anymore. They no, have of course much not. to do. <laughs> of course not. Absolutely. But at the time, the big wigs go back and the marketing minds go back and all this stuff. And they go, what do we do to try to make this more appealing? What they had to do instead of making it easier was they had to make it a little tougher. So let's change the formula. Let's change what people have to do. Now they have to add two eggs and a cup of oil. And once they could add two eggs and a cup of oil, all of a sudden moms looked at it and they go, oh yeah, now I'm baking. So they added a disruptor, something that actually made the process more complicated, but it made it more appealing. Right. Right. Instead of creating a smoother path to the ultimate goal, which was a chocolate cake at the end of the day, they actually had to create some disruption, some friction. I mean, in the world of marketing, which is where I come from, I'll tell you that there's nothing more effective than disruptive communication adding friction, controversy, all of those things work so well in grabbing attention. So disruption is attention. And when you add a level of disruption, then you create attention. So now I'm thinking specifically about how this looks to a person. And I'm thinking of a client of mine who was struggling in her business because she was trying to be perfect. She had been given this great customer service CRM program where she could input all the information and comes out 
easily accessible. I can sort through all my customers and see what I, you know, all this stuff. But she spent like a huge amount of time just inputting information. So she really sort of, instead of doing her business, she was sort of data inputting and right. data and now, you know, analyzing and it just became bigger than it. It wasn't a helpful tool anymore. So to disrupt the thought, the belief that you needed to do, use this tool to manage her business because, you know, it was sold to her like this will help you manage your business. And yes, but it, to make it perfect in every way and taking all your time sucked up by it to maintain it wasn't helpful for her business. Mm-hmm. So disrupting how she looked at the tools she uses already and minimizing some of those and maximizing others and changing things up a little bit. Nothing is different. Her end product's the same, but how she gets there, she's disrupted it, changed it up a bit, and it's been really effective in increasing the dollars that she's bringing in, which is looking at your life, your own life. How can you, maybe it isn't a big leap, like changing industry that you need to do. Maybe it isn't like an Uber where you're creating something that's going to take over the world, but how can you personally change something so that you can personally take over your world? Yeah. And I think where it's most applicable here. So let's, you know, I think we, we've explained the hell out of it at this point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I told you there's a bunch to say. Yeah, the concept of disruption, I think we probably have. So let's let's bring it down to a practical level. So how can people actually use this in their lives? Well, disrupting your thinking. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how powerful that can be. And how do we disrupt our thinking? By not necessarily believing that the status quo is the truth and is some universal truth, I guess, or or universal fact, and it can't be challenged. And I love something that Steve Jobs wrote once about what changed his life was when he realized that all the stuff that he used in the world was created by people and that those people were really no different than he was. And he could be somebody who just bounced around, bounced through life and just used stuff that other people made, or he could make things himself. He could think, okay, how can I make that better? Because improving on things is a form of disruption, right? And, you know, we know what that led to. So I think in our own lives, we get pretty comfortable sometimes and disruption can be scary because just like you said, no matter what you're doing, you're going to add some friction. You're probably going to add, especially at the outset, a little more extra work and you got to look past that and you've got to see, okay, once the work is done though, can I shift the paradigm here? Can I create another model? I have another one. So think of black and white thinking. If you think in black and white, like I was just on the phone with my sister-in-law last night. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me about this. She's a lawyer. And she was telling me all about this problem she was having because of this thing that she didn't do. She now has all this tens of thousands of dollars sitting in a bank account because of this little thing, you know, this one little activity she didn't do over thousands of people having to do with closing out something or other. And we're talking some of the stuff is over 10 years old. So like it can't, she can't find the people and it's not money she has to give back. It's the, it's the process she has to do of closing something out. Mm-hmm. So she was really depressed about it. And I said, you know, you're looking at this as if it, this is a one activity. How about instead of looking at it as all or nothing that you can't even begin to wrap your head around getting to it all because it's very tricky what if you just sort of categorize them into this is a pile of all the files I don't know what to do with. And these are 
pile of the files that I do know what to do with. And it was like a light went off for her mm-hmm. because she had never considered thinking of this in any other way than a one whole thing. You know, when we say break things down, it's also like think of things in categories or like that. She went, oh, well, yeah, there's some of it I could do. Right. So she disrupt, you know, it's a disruption in your, your, sort of what you're saying, your belief, but like, don't believe everything you think. You're thinking this way because you're conditioned to think this way. We think of one, we say, if we call a whole bunch of stuff one thing, then it becomes one thing in our head, but actually doing it is a lot of things. Yeah. That's a classic issue for a lot of people. You know, some of my clients have, have done that. They'll take a big job they see it as one item on their to-do list. Replace my patio. You know, I'm using that <laughs> because I actually had a client who, who had that on his to-do list. I've been trying to get around to this for ages. It's been months. I've been trying to replace my patio and I can't. It's the, all he had on his to-do list was replace my patio. You know how much stuff is involved in replacing my patio? So when does he get to scratch it off? Right. And how does he mark his progress? Right. He can't, right? So what's the first thing you have to do to replace your patio? I got to tear off the old patio. Okay. What's the first thing? You, so there you go. Now you've broken into two big chunks right away. One is demolition. One is construction. Right. So you're starting the demolition pro- process. What do you have to do? Well, I got to get, get an excavator in. Great. You got to get an excavator in. How do you do that? I got to call the company and get a quote. Now you got a to-do item. You've got to make the call. You got to get a quote for an excavator. That is one to-do item. You put that on your list. You scratch it off when it's done. And you're a step closer to having a new patio on the back of your house. Right. So breaking things down is not just about chunking them into smaller, kind of more manageable goals from an overwhelm standpoint, but even from a doing standpoint, like you can't do something that's going to take a period of weeks or perhaps months. That can't be one to do item. You know, find well, a job. exactly. So disrupting the pattern of thought there, like you're saying, that's how I look at it, but that doesn't mean that's the truth of it. Like, right. Yeah. Hopefully we haven't rambled too much in our explanation of this, but really what we're talking about here is disrupting thought patterns as it applies to us and as it applies largely to ADHD. Sometimes it can be disrupting the way you do things as well, but we both believe that disrupting the way you think about things leads to disrupting the way you do things. And disrupting your life. Sometimes it means getting out of some rut you're in and making a big, bold change. The whole concept of what disruption is and the fact that disruption is bad. Yes, right. It has a negative connotation, the word disruption. So how do you change that? How do you see disruption as a positive thing? We've given you a bunch of examples here of how disruption actually became a positive thing. It happens in marketing. It happens in business. It happens in people's personal lives. It happened in my life. Huge disruption came along, which was really uncomfortable for a while, but it led to something so much better. So I guess the bottom line is leave yourself open to disruption. Sometimes even look for some disruption if you can be mindful enough to think about it. Right. Even seek out disruption but certainly don't always see disruption or discomfort as something that is a bad thing. It can lead to some really cool stuff if you open your mind to it. Absolutely. I think that was good. Yeah. So off you all go, disrupt your lives. (laughs) (laughs) Let's create some chaos. And come Come back to the Facebook group and tell us what you did. Absolutely. What's your plan for chaos? Exactly. And, Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash technical or mindset. We would love to hear how you're disrupting your life for the we better. We really would. Let's change the English <laughs> language. Let's take all these words that have negative connotation and let's turn them around. Awesome. Well, we'll start with disruption and chaos and then we'll, we'll move on from there. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. All right. It was great talking to you again.
All right. Bye. Take care. Cheers. Thank you.